0: You're listening to
1: Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. We are here to rock the
0: podcast world. Thanks for hitting the download button on the Hattie and Ramsey Unleashed podcast, the, the People's Podcast to rock the podcast world. We are here with another guest, another guest in the show. Now, this is introduction has deserves a slightly longer intro for this guest to describe what she does and how she um, how she helps people. Um, uh, is going is yeah. You will find this interview extremely helpful, extremely f- interesting. Um, And, yeah, here I'm going to introduce um, my guest on the show, which you'll hear very shortly. My guest on this show is Antoinette Ross. Now, to describe what Antoinette Ross does, now, she's not a life coach, but she does coaching of a type. She's not a counsellor, but does a type of counselling. She is trained in psychotherapy. She's had a background of recruitment, so but she's also had a by doing what she has done and learnt uh, with the skills that she has, she has developed um, a way of almost it's uh, not profiling, but in a way of caring and listening in a way to. Listen to people and to help them, um, not by focusing on the negative, but by focusing on the positive. So, in a sense, it's almost like a bit of reverse psychology, in a sense, uh, for people. Now, usually, her type of client that tends to be uh, with her is people is mainly in high-profile roles in business. Now, some her that could be. Scottish government, who is one of her uh, people that she works with, Edinburgh council. She also works with kids uh, from um, working with parents with of younger kids and of teenagers, uh, covering all sorts. So, if you I mean okay, also she kind of works with well anybody and everybody really, but you do get the kind of people mainly. So we'd say women who are in high-powered roles, women who may be in big roles, have been promoted to a bigger role, and it's more male-dominated, that type of thing, but not just women in that type of scenario. Uh, other people as well. She, um, so just to kind of give you a just of what she does, she will explain in the interview. Uh, I found it very, very interesting, very helpful. Um, You'll also find somebody from how what she does... Uh, in her work it's a very very focused type of job and also to how she talks about how she switches off and how she takes herself away from what she does to give her a bit of chill out time and to relax type of thing so it's all, all good all good so please listen to our interview with Antoinette Ross her business her company is called within sight So, if you're looking for an insight to something new, please listen and enjoy. Thank you, and here she comes. Good morning, and and welcome to the Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. We are here to do another interview. Uh, We're here to do an interview with Antoinette Ross. Um, Antoinette Ross is a, how do you put it, a type of, does a type of coaching, but not life coaching, has also been is qualified in uh, psychotherapy, uh, also helps people to, not as a, a counselling way, but helps people find the light at the end of their tunnel uh, in, a, in a sense of gaining, just to sort of emphasising what they really want to do in their life. She so does not, and that can be with adults um, of all ages. Also, in a similar way, helps younger kids and uh, teenagers as well in what she does. So, if you, it's not she's not me, If you take away the stigma of what she's not a life coach at all, she's not anything to do with that. But taking uh, she does type of coaching in a in a similar way. So I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Antoinette Ross. Welcome. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting (laughs) us. So basically, tell us, uh, tell us uh, what, with what you do. What is it you actually do, and fine tune it for our audience.
1: Okay, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. So um, I use a coaching approach to, as Fraser said, um, find the light at the end of the tunnel, and to help them understand how their brains operate so that they can live usually calmer, less overwhelming and more fulfilled lives. So that's effectively what I do but in in terms of what I do every day, I, I work in schools, I work with teachers and I deliver training programs um, that are designed to help teachers interact with children so that they grow up to be resilient. And resourceful and creative um, and the real reason why I did that is because I noticed that with my adult clients a lot of the issues that were coming up often had their roots in childhood and I wanted to make sure that I was spending my time on the planet as effectively as possible by using my skills and talents in the most crucial places so in this case in the schools with the children um, so that we were using our kind of psychological education to help people you know live happier more um, kinder and more compassionate lives actually that's that 's what I realize is the what it comes down to is some of the most
0: important things um so what would you <clears throat> on a, obviously if you want to give us a, a scenario uh, what when somebody comes somebody phones you up or how they, somebody finds you on well, say searches your business or what you do, and says right, okay, I'd like yeah. to use your services on a scenario basis. How do you, what's the kind of general process of somebody coming in and meeting you for the first time, and what's the what, what, what do you do? D- what do you do with them? What the, yeah. what, I mean, what's your, what do you advise them, and how? I mean, how do you know? How does it work? Okay. Yeah. okay. So ninety nine
1: point nine percent of the mm-hmm. people that come to me are through word of mouth. Okay. And that's partly because. Whenever you work with anyone, it's important that there's a high level of trust, um, and I would want that person to make sure that they're coming to me uh, because I've been recommended. Okay. Um, so what would happen, oftentimes, actually oftentimes what happens is people say that it's often to do with their career. Uh, initially they will come up, you know, like classic example, we're in January at the moment, January 2015, and people go back to work after the Christmas holidays, and struggle to get their motivation back when it comes to work. So what might happen is that they'll, you know, either they'll be speaking to their friend or they'll talk about how their 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 kind of their struggles and the challenges that they have in their work and their friend will obviously say, well, you know, maybe go and see Antoinette. I I used to do a lot of career coaching in the past, so it's 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 an area I feel very confident with and actually helping people find jobs that have them feeling fulfilled and are a reflection of who they are as people is something that i i'm very passionate about so what would happen then is um they'd either i'd say to my friend would say oh you know i had a chat with so and so and she she's really interested in, in working with you i i always say send in my phone number and or send in my email address and then um, the person would get in contact what happens after then is i usually just set up a we go for a coffee or something, very informal, very low-key. And that's mainly because they need to have a chance to get to know me and get a sense of how I operate. And it's very important, particularly for coaching clients, that, that the chemistry is right. And what I mean by that is I need to have a sense from them that they're actually really up for making the changes that they need in order to get the, the, the results they're looking for. Um, and, and also I'm very transparent in that I say that coaching process is not necessarily a comfortable process. It can be very confronting and very challenging. And at that point we'd have a chat about what is it that they're struggling with, what are the issues. And I would make a judgement call based on are they ready, do they want to make the changes that they want to make, or is this somebody that maybe needs a different form of support and if they need a different form of support, then I would recommend... either You know, I might recommend um, another form of support or therapy for them. And then from there, then, after that goes well, then we sit down and we do what I, an initial consultation, which lasts between one and a half hours and two hours. And that's where we really get down to the nitty-gritty. And I, I take them through an exercise that will have them really kind of step a little bit out of their lives to give them a bit of perspective because oftentimes the thing that we think is wrong in our lives is often masking something else that is actually the real source of our suffering. So, in that initial session, what we would do is we'd we'd explore, you know, like I said, with a bit of perspective, you know, where is the imbalance? What is it that's happening in our lives that, that isn't quite quite working? And I use this process in a business context. I use it. Um, I use it with my. Uh, I do a lot of leadership coaching, so I use the same tools and the same process, oftentimes, for lots of different varieties of clients. Um, so I, I, at the moment, I work at director level in Scottish government is probably where most of my clients come from, and I will, and it's the same. We look at well, if you're working in your leadership style, what what's the leadership style that you're wanting to bring out? Where's your weaknesses? Where's your strengths? And we look at. You know, how do we tweak
0: that so that you can have more personal impact when you're often in meetings that are very challenging? Okay. So what, <clears throat> in your in your career, I mean, how long have you actually been doing this for? When you, what, obviously, you decided, to, what, what made you decide to do this in the first place? Where was it? Where, where did you have, in your life, maybe similar scenarios that you were facing challenges that maybe this has obviously helped you and it's made you go forward into helping others? Because that's why I, I want to do this as a career... Because I want to help others because of yeah. the experiences myself. I mean, what did you I mean, What made you decide to get to this
1: point? So that's that's absolutely the the truth. Is what happened was I I went travelling and whilst I was travelling, I got a job as a recruitment consultant, and it was very much a job that I fell into um, when I was out in Australia. And um, what I realised working as a recruitment consultant is that oftentimes the people that got the jobs were not necessarily the ones that were best qualified okay. or the ones that necessarily were the best fit for the organisation, mm-hmm. but they were the ones that had the skills to get through the interview process. Okay. Um, so that got me quite interested in, I, s- I suppose, how people present themselves. And also it got me interested in, in, in self-awareness. Okay. And it's because I worked in IT recruitment, um, so quite male-dominated, some incredibly talented and intelligent men, cool. but often they fell short at the interview process, right. because they just didn't know how to present themselves in a way uh, that was either true, uh, in, in terms of, you know, actually... Um, true reflection of what they were capable of Mm -hmm. but they just they just lacked a lot of self-confidence and that got me interested in resilience and then it got me interested in and it also got me interested I interviewed a lot of people did a lot of interview coaching and I interviewed a lot of people and I kind of realized that first of all some of these guys were going for jobs they had no real interest in and that got me interested in well what's your motivation for going for that job um, and then I looked at well looked at these kind of patterns, and if they were fear fueled, if people were in a position where they were so scared that they just needed to get a job, yeah. then I saw that the long term effect of that was usually quite negative.
0: Would you say it's a kind of you know. It is a type of you're sort of almost profiling people, without actually trying. No, like you. Like I know, I know, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's almost like, but it's a kind of skill you maybe develop naturally, do you think? Because yeah. it is a type of skill you seem to, because obviously you're people watching in a sense, and by watching them you are learning to get in. It's a sort of, you're having to take it all in and it's a way of structuring. It isn't, in a sense, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't but it's a way, but it a, it's quite a way of you're body language and that type of thing, and how you, and you, because you need to have that connect, you get that connection. It's, it's amazing how you.
1: Yeah, you're right, and I, and you're right. I, you know, in those days, for so this is ten years ago when I was, oh. I was, I was interviewing. I was interviewing back between ten and fifteen people in a day. Wow. And when you're going through that number of people, obviously you do develop skills, and as a recruitment consultant. You, you you need to you need to be very pragmatic you need to size somebody up very quickly and 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 think about the best you know culture for them that was pretty much my job at the time and i think what where I went from that I then went into really more psychotherapeutic route and looking at well why these people you know why do people and i include myself in this why is it that we get in the state state where we let's so say for example when I came back I, I worked in Australia for a while when I came back from Australia I needed to get a job now I just spent three years as a recruitment consultant, you'd think a recruitment consultant would need to get a job and what I noticed was how quickly I started going from that kind of place of well I've got to pay the rent, I've just got to get any job and then and then just noticing my, how my thinking patterns then um, created the results that I got and that's when I started I, When did a psychotherapist started studying transaction analysis and that's exactly when you were talking about to me about profiling i am looking at you know uh, i am assessing if you like how much of that person is authentically who they are and how much is a kind of mask that they're playing
0: okay so but once you started studying it and going forward uh, and then you what, when did you actually start your business, when did you sort of say, right, I've done okay. all the kind of the studying <laughs> and blah, 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 and <laughs> I'll try and make this, I'll
1: try, I'll try to, I'm trying to work on my succinct communication, okay, so uh, I worked in recruitment for, for about, well, in the end it must have been about seven, six or seven years, then I came back to the UK, um, I worked in recruitment for a little bit then, and that's when, I, as I said, I started getting interested in the psychology of it, I then trained in transactional analysis.
0: Um, what what is transactional analysis for these people who don't know yeah, what so
1: that is? Transactional analysis it, um, is a form of uh, I it's used therapeutically. Uh, there's a lot you can have a, transact- a transactional analyst psychotherapist, and it's really just a way. It's a if you like it's a framework that some psych- psychotherapists use to um, to to support people. Yeah. Um, It was devised by a guy called Eric Byrne back in the 60s and it it was actually poo-pooed a little bit in the 70s and 80s but actually I found it a really useful, really helpful way of helping me, um, if you like, kind of assess how people are. Um, So that's what, yeah, I'd Google it because it's really fascinating and if you're interested in, in understanding how people tick then it's a really good framework to use. So I studied transaction analysis and... When I was studying, the thing that started to grate and started to bother me in, in that learning process was that there was very much a focus on what was wrong with the individual and what was wrong with... and where they were suffering. And whilst I think that's important, I'm, I, I, I think there's more value, if you like, in looking at the healthy part of the psyche and the part of the psyche that is resourceful and healthy and creative and using that part of the human psyche to overcome whatever challenges you have so that's what really led me into more into what's called positive psychology and the father of the father of positive psychology is martin seligman i started to read a lot more about that i studied neuroscience at that point and i'm just trying to understand how the brain operates and then I set up my business. At that point, I was aware that I could I could spend the next 20 years studying. And I just thought, actually, if right. I'm going to do this. I want to do this my way. And so that was five years ago, 2010, that I set up my organisation, which is called With Insight. And the reason why it's called With Insight is kind of obvious. is because what I'm asking people to do, and I work with organisations as well as individuals, is to look at their own...
0: Resourcefulness and their own capacities to overcome the challenges that they're facing. So, uh, what kind of do you have a sort? Of, I don't. Know, you got a success rate at all? Is that I mean? Is, that, is there a sort of? Could you rate your? <laughs> do you have a? Obviously, you're getting a lot of. Uh, yeah. How do you? How rate, you rate it? it? Do you rate your. Do you have a success rate, or you are you getting? Or do you have like testimonials or? I do. I have lots. Do, of, I have
1: lots of t- t- testimonials. Um, so. Um, I have lots of testimonials. I, I, I'm just thinking of that my, of my career coaching clients, because obviously my background was in, in recruitment, I, I, I brought to my career coaching clients a huge wealth of experience and I blended a coaching approach with, with probably a bit more mentoring. And so certainly between 2010 and 2013, I would have had about 10 coaching clients in that time, Hmm. and all of them got the job on the first interview. Wow.
0: That's good. Keep going. So what about with the insight you've been developing that? It's five years, five years Hmm. old. Um, How, really, from getting your first client or your first person to help out or whatever you want to describe it, coach <laughs> uh, talk to you, listen to you, whatever uh, what? how did it was it, how did, for, it how did it develop how did it sort of snowball to now I mean what would you say?
1: well I've been very lucky um, I've been I've been very very lucky the, the way that my company it has grown very organically um, part of that is because um Uh, The the essential ingredient in in absolutely everything that I do, whether I'm training courses or whether I'm coaching, is, like I said, is that trust element. And often what has happened is I've I've trained the Raising Children with Confidence course um, in nurseries and in schools, and that's with parents. That's a parent program that teaches parents how to, um, again, interact with their children so that they can grow up resilient. So parents would then get a sense of me from being up the front and delivering... You know the course, and that would give them an opportunity in a, not in a, you know, in a kind of, um, not in, in not in a very intense where they get you got you get, you know they get a sense of me, and when they felt safe and if they felt that and and they kind of got a sense that I knew what I was talking about at that point they would probably approach me and say look I'm needing some additional support with this particular issue either with their child or with something else that's going on. And that's the same, I, I work a lot with teachers, I, re, I, I teach the confident staff, confident children. And what that means is that I get a lot of my clients, clients will flow from one of the things that I do to the next. Oftentimes, people will do a series of my training courses, um, once they've done one they can build on, they, they build on some of the learning. So I might have a, a client that if they have self-esteem issues or self-confidence issues I'd recommend the power of self-esteem. Once they've got some tools under their belt, the most important thing for me is that people get tools that they can take away and use because I want everything that I do to be profoundly empowering. I, I don't, I'm, I'm always a little bit concerned about any form of support where there's any element of, you know, you need to come see me because somehow I'm the big, the big, I've got the answers. I just don't believe that. I don't have the answers. I don't believe I'm an expert. I believe my skill, if I have one, is in. So, is in creating the conditions where people can learn to the best of their ability. Okay. So that's it's kind of flowed in that way, people kind of get a sense of me and then, and then work with me in a slightly different way.
0: Have you got a sort of, have you got a scenario maybe with, obviously with, obviously a confidential, com, uh, do you have a scenario of somebody you've kind of, say uh, a, a, a general Problem. a lot of people probably. You probably interviewed loads of people or coached loads of people. who have had similar problems, or if you know what I mean, or yeah. similar issues. That they're yeah. obviously trying to get to the same goal. Have you got a scenario? Could you think of a scenario and how you would? How you'd, I don't know how you went through the process of talking to them, uh, and how the what was the outcome of with them? How after they say finished talking to you, they finished say listen, you doing not need any more sessions. And they've gone and yes. gone from here, from being pretty much obviously rock bottom, or running around in a maze, not finding the exit. But by doing that, you've said, with the sessions they've had with you, they've gone, they've they found the exit, and they've actually just gone from zero to hundred, by doing yes. your steps. If you know what I mean. Yes. <clears throat>
1: so it's quite it's quite difficult to choose, because actually. Every one of my clients, mm-hmm. because there's the there, there, there are, as you say there's going to be there's common themes mm-hmm. resilience and and being able to cope with what life is th- throwing mm-hmm. you. That's a common theme. Yeah. Um, a common theme, particularly in my female female clients, is um, is um, not is usually they've gone for promotion within the organisation and okay. they feel like they're not able to... Uh, they're feeling really under pressure to to be in that role and to have the confidence that goes with it and they okay. just feel that they're being undermined. So those would be kind of common themes. In terms of a scenario where... Um, I, I think the, 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 the commonality that I find oftentimes that I see played out in lots of different coaching sessions, I'll have somebody come to me, you know, like we said, that example before about they want to change their career. And it it always delights me when they come to me with, I want to change my career. And then they discover in the coaching process that it's not their career. It's actually, it might be the relationship that they're in. And they realize that actually there's a level of toxicity in the relationship they're in, that is um, sucking the, their energy away and meaning that they don't have anything left to give to the job. And sometimes it's easier to blame the job because that's an easier thing to fix than the relationship because we have so much emotionally invested in the relationship. Yeah. Now, that said, what, what I would do there is it's all about giving people an opportunity to see things in the, in the light, cold light of day and in a safe and secure in environment, mm-hmm. and then to look at, well, this is what you've seen, this is what you've realised, what do you want to do with this now? And um, it, it's, it's, as I said before, it's not necessarily easy, mm-hmm. but once you know, there's, there's, there's no not knowing at that point. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel becomes so much more potent, so much more powerful because in the process we use, we look at well, what are you wanting? What, what are you wanting to change?
0: Would you obviously, the difference to what you do is obviously the difference to say your general bog standard counsellor. What would you say to explain the difference? If people, mm. what you, what's the difference between what to define? Somebody those some people go to counselling, mm-hmm. but what is it they do and then what's it you do differently? Right, yeah. what's What's it?
1: to our listeners out there. So, in terms of the difference between um, counselling or psychotherapy, oftentimes psychotherapy and counselling focuses on the past and focuses on things that have happened in the past that you're still kind of attached to. Mm -hmm. It also usually means that you focus a bit more on the emotions. Right. Um, And you focus on on a kind of more of a healing process. Uh Um, What they say in coaching is, coaching is forward focused. So you're looking at a point in the future, and then you're coming up with usually practical skills and tools in order to get there. So that's effectively the difference between the two. In terms of the coaching that I do, um, I do use a coaching process, so I very much am forward focused, I'm future focused. But I'm also very aware that a lot of the things that hold us back from the things that we're wanting are rooted in the past. Okay. So what I do is, because of my training, I will create a safe process, coaching process, and if somebody comes up, if they, if they get upset or if they become troubled, they it, it's, it's a safe space for them. Okay. So and also what we'll do then is we'll explore well what's that about what's that emotion trying to say What, what, what is what is being what's wanting to be expressed here that hasn't been expressed before okay and, but that said I won't dwell there I think you know we'll, we'll, the emotion will come out the issue in the past will be explored but my focus and my Intention will always be to move us back to okay. How does this relate to where it is you're wanting to go to? So it's always tied into a coaching approach and into moving forward.
0: Okay, let's. Um, obviously, we'll come back to this. What um, so obviously, just well for people who are listening, how I met, um, got to know, Antoine is, is a lot of people in Edinburgh. There's a well, like you can people meet through just uh, through clubs. But this thing, uh, I actually met Antoinette doing salsa dancing. The salsa dancing is a very good hobby for a lot of people. It's a good way. It's a very sociable. It's actually you can actually have a conversation with people because the music is not blaring loud, and you can actually understand people. and yeah, I'm (laughs) turning forty this year. It's dreadful. Um, So. It's actually a, it's, it's a good form of exercise, you sweat like hell, that's <laughs> the main thing, but you come out and you've enjoyed yourself, and you can actually have good conversations with people, and the type of thing, self dancing is not like, it's a sort of networking form in a sense, because you you, you're amazing the people you chance to, and you find out their different backgrounds and what they do, and you just, you get out, you link the chain, and Hence why I'm sitting here now with Antoinette to discuss because I found what she did was very interesting, and believed to talk about this to you guys out there in the world, you'd find this very interesting and helpful, and you never know you might want to pick up the phone and actually say I'd like to use Mm -hmm. her coaching her her skills to
1: my salsa dancing or even salsa dancing new partner yeah
0: (laughs) to um, yeah. just to somebody to actually, you can help in your own life, and maybe you are struggling or you want, you will need that extra bit of help or guidance to get to that goal that you really truly want with inside you. Um, but yeah, so what made you actually take up self-silencing? Why did you suddenly say, right,
1: oh, crumbs? So us. I'm going to
0: be really honest with this. Um, uh, so the, the truth about that was. Were you sitting watching Jenny McCall, thinking, "I'm feeling fat. <laughs> I need to get some fitness in my no, account." To be no, while I I'm, going to the gym. No, no, I'm, I'm
1: half French, and I have a very. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I just I'm not a gym bunny in any way, and I just love food, and I just think these things ought to be enjoyed. Um, so it was nothing to do with losing weight or anything like that. <coughs> um, I'm happy with what my mama gave me. Um, but no, the reason why I started it. But first of all, my I work. A lot by myself, and what I was interested in, I was interested about partnership because, because I've run my own company for a long time, and even when I was working before, I'm quite i um, I'm quite a solitary beast. I, I work very well by myself. I'm very self-motivated. I'm very much a self-starter. And what I was noticing, um, I will share this. I'm sure my husband won't mind, but it's quite hard being in partnership with me. You know, I think he was finding it quite hard knowing how to kind of roll with me because i'm like i i'm so i i, I come across as so competent and have you know so self-sufficient mm-hmm. and whilst that's a strength when you're in a partnership that can be quite hard so one of the reasons why i went to uh, to salsa dancing was to learn how to be less controlling and to go with the flow a bit and also for me to let someone else lead I was needing to let my husband really take a a lead role in some of the stuff that we were doing. And I actually just had no idea how to do that. So I started, and also it's just good learning new stuff. I think it's really good just for your brain to learn new things. So I learned salsa dancing in order to, you know, bring a bit more peace into my marriage. Sort of switch off a bit. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the other beauty of it is, again, I'm in my head a lot for my for my my job and actually just being in the process where you switch your brain off and you just kind of go with the flow and you go with the music i mean it's really therapeutic and it's just really it kind of it it um oh it's just good for the soul i just think and i think the other thing you know we live in scotland and um, <laughs> it's long winters exactly. <laughs> long winters um, and there's, you know, Wednesday nights at Harry's, you know, it's like, yeah. it's warm, there's sunshine in the music, people are just, there people are really lovely, and it's not, um, you know, it's not... Pretentious in any way, you rock up. I mean, I wear jeans most weeks, you don't have to kind of
0: get dolled up to the nines no, just to do salsa dancing because you're yeah. going to come out as a sweaty mess anyway. Well, if you're exactly, dancing. there's just no point. My I face don't. is
1: going to end up down my front anyway. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so, okay, we'll go, we're going to go into so if you ever want to do salsa dancing, you can always uh, tap into that as well. Um, also, we're going to talk about you. You're currently developing doing uh, things with kids at the moment, mm. so obviously helping with maybe. Discipline with younger kids and teenagers. Yeah. So, what are you talk about? Younger kids first, or how? What is yeah. your what are you how are you developing, or what so your what are you doing? Who are you working with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I
1: work through Edinburgh City Council through okay. their Families Children Families Department, and what we do is we go into schools and create forums where parents um, can get together and just learn incredibly practical information. Um, That will help them understand what's going on with their kids because, you know, parenting is the hardest job in the world Mm -hmm. and um, it it just is. So, so for example, um, we talk about brain development and, you know, for a parent who's struggling with a five-year-old to get their shoes on, I explain that, you know, a five- to seven-year-old, their brain is working 16 times slower than an adult brain. Okay. So their capacity to process... The, you know, the parents saying, go put your shoes on, go put your shoes on, it's 15, 16 times slower than an adult brain. And right. there's a misunderstanding, we think, because the child's younger, that their brain will be actually processing information faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, that's just not the case. So we run these parent programs to give them deeply practical information that will help them make decisions about how to be with their kids. Okay. Um, it's really important, I think, parenting can also be quite a lonely thing Um, unless you've got a good network of friends where you feel that you can kind of honestly share you know you know what you've been up against and also I think there's a lot of shame around it I think sometimes when you're struggling it's just you feel quite ashamed you think you know that you're maybe not doing as well as the next person um, so it's about creating forums where, where parents can kind of come together and just be very honest about what's going on and, and hopefully get a bit of support, either from, with other parents but also from me and the trainers. So that's what I do with younger kids, again my my focus is always working on, on the adults that are interacting with the children and that's partly because I, you know, and this is uh, in just is my opinion and it's not shared by everyone. But the, the more understanding that the adults have, the greater the potential change in the child okay. it is my sense. Um, with teenagers, teenagers is a huge issue. Um, okay. uh, Nicola Morgan's just written a book uh, don't blame um, don't, uh, don't blame me blame my brain and it's all about looking at the teenage brain and how and the changes that take place. Um, so I, again, it's the same setup I work through the council I go into schools um, and I work with teachers in high schools on uh, how to interact with with teenagers, and also just to give the teachers an understanding, mm-hmm. you know, what they're asking of some teenagers are isn't actually possible with regards to where their brains are at. Okay. So, classic example: I have to fill this <coughs> with factual detail because it's my passion. Mm-hmm. But the prefrontal cortex, part of your brain, mm-hmm. which is the part of your brain that is that processes information and that gives you that clear rational thought. Mm-hmm. What age phrase do you think that part of your brain is developed in a human? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take a punt, take a punt, take a punt. <clears throat> so it assesses risk, you know, it assesses all that kind of good stuff. Is it risk assessment? Um, think about when did that kick in for you?
0: <laughs> I think you're starting to four or five, maybe, would you say? 25 in men. Seriously, 25. wow. Twenty five.
1: So when we're saying to our to our teenagers, you know, we're talking to them about you know, assessing risk and you know they're think gonna, think about
0: think about it, just think about it. So they're know. doing some crazy things. They want to do something and end up, wow, they, say they have to wait the they're twenty five. Actually, realize, hmm. hmm, this is going to hurt if they do this.
1: <laughs> they don't have the capacity at that stage to actually be able to do
0: that. So what about women?
1: Women, it's more like twenty one, twenty two.
0: It's wow. a little bit less, a little okay. bit earlier. My goodness, you never learn something new every day. You do, but it's
1: just, and this, so this is the things that we, so, it's so people can understand that and understand the impact of that. And the reason, you know, you, teenagers need to have brains that are not constantly considering this because they wouldn't do half the fun, adventurous, spontaneous stuff that they do. It, mm. It's also, there's a part of creativity that is about constantly going beyond, you know, self made limits.
0: Do you ever work with what you do with always trying to obviously working with teachers? Do you ever work with the actual sit down with kids or actually obviously like not a, I guess a coaching session a coaching session with yeah. them as well, uh, to see because they're maybe more troubled or more behind than other kids if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I, I do. <coughs> I think there's probably there's a period. I, yeah. I, I prefer to work with parents up until the child is about eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Once the child is eleven or twelve. The, the the your capacity to influence that child in out becomes more tricky. And also if they've got into any negative behaviours at that point, that is a much harder deal to change. So what I would often do is see the parent with the child. Um, and then um, one of the things that we're hoping to do next year is to set up set up groups. I want to be working with um, an organisation called Healthy Respect. Which um, looks at teenagers and sexuality. Um, there's there's big issues at the moment with teenagers and with mobile phones and the kind of content that they're able to access now. That oftentimes, if it's not you know confusing, it's just very very scary. Mm. And there's ramifications of that in terms of actually addictive behaviour in teenage boys that is creating a problem. Um, so that's another area that I'll do direct with the teenagers and I, and that's also another area it's the only area where I would separate girls from boys because actually the issues will be subtly different and the girls need to feel that they have a forum where they can just talk openly about what's actually kind of going up so we do again create very safe um forums where girls can okay. talk about you know just the lowdown what's happening what are you what are you up against
0: because do you find you find it obviously helpful that uh, the, you obviously to talk about these things. They maybe can't talk about it with their families and that. Yeah. It's more of a neutral ground for them.
1: Absolutely, hmm. and sometimes you know, when you're a parent of a teenager, um, you know there there is you know they are very can be very volatile. They can be very emotional again because of what the changes that's happening in their brains, and sometimes it can be very difficult for a parent to have the the quality of the relationship they need in order to be having those really difficult conversations. Um, now, that said, there are parents that do, you know, and, and again, one of the things that we'll talk about, you know, in the mindful parent I talk about, what are the behaviors, what things do you say or do to your teenager that actually um, breaks your trusting bond with them? And what things, so the, I told you so, I would recommend don't ever say that because you are denting the quality of that relationship and you're also setting yourself up in the future for the child to go well if I tell her that I've screwed up or I've done this then she's just going to say well I told you so and so there's little very things and it might be things that we just do that might you know that just kind of part of our normal how we converse that we think is helpful but actually can be not only not helpful but actually quite toxic in terms of your relationship with your kids so if you don't have that kind of quality relationship with your teenager the teenagers need another adult out with that they can talk about this stuff with because the worst thing again with teenagers is they suffer from mental health issues just like you know just like adults and that mm. isolation that can happen can be very, very difficult.
0: Would you say in this day and age there's more pressure on kids yeah, these days than there was gosh. maybe 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's probably just, di- it's different kinds of pressures. Mm. Um, they're, they're, they're certainly, uh, the education system in Scotland means that the, the exams that they are doing, they're required to, to study and to cram in a very intense way that wasn't the case kind of 10, 15 years ago, I don't think, um, they're under a lot more pressure. There's a lot more pressure um, in terms of body image and in terms of, um, you know, and and again, these kind of issues around sexuality that I would suggest are partly to do with um, the pornography and how that is kind of spreading and becoming more mainstream. You have to understand that that's having an impact on... On our teenagers' sexuality and their understanding of what a kind of natural sexual connection looks like, most of them
0: don't. Yeah. Um. So what if for people who maybe want to actually get into what you do, mm. what what would you suggest to them and how to go about it? Or.
1: Um. So if um, I think probably that if it's if it's um. If it's one-to-one um, support that they're looking for, then the best thing is just to get in touch with me um, either through my website, which is uk. We
0: will actually publicise that on yeah. the Hatchigan Facebook page. Yep. Um,
1: and if it's the programmes, the, the training programmes... Um, either through the schools, then again just get in touch with me and I can let you know of, of a programme that we're doing in your area.
0: So what about people who maybe want to do a career in what the in what you do as mm-hmm. maybe in the next generation um psychotherapy coach kind of thing or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, what if they wanted to be the, the if you were to If they wanted to train to be Yeah, train to be something what you do or say or uh, go down that road. Or, wow. What what well, what, what would lot... you, what do you need? What do you think the, obviously you've had you maybe you've kinda of almost self-taught yourself in some way or form to yeah. an extent but I, mean, I, you've I, also I trained had...
1: externally as well so yeah. I, I trained um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously I went to university I got a degree in French studies and I studied psychology and I also studied neuroscience and I got a co- coaching qualification um, I suppose depending on whether they are in the world um, mm-hmm. there are certain coaching um, academies that I would recommend um, uh, there's uh one here. The Acorn Principal Plus has a really good, uh, coaching program. There's also um, Coactive Coaching. I found is is a very very good, and I think they're international, so you can probably contact them.
0: With um, with your with your business, uh, have you ever done? you ever do business networking at all? Have you ever been to any business no, networks? No, I don't. Just never at all. No, Just? and
1: it's partly because, no. like I said, people, most people come to me
0: via word of mouth. Okay, so I was going to. Don't find asking that question. i <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: go to no. no okay, so. Um, Harry's is where I go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, Harry's Bar is not going to be Harry's Bar for that long. Man. It's going to be refurbished. No. So the new name, Harry's Bar is a well, well sort of famous pub in Edinburgh, which has now changed uh, its ownership and it's going to be changing its name. So obviously history is now being put on put on the changed, back burner now in the a new new era. But um, what was I going <laughs> um, to say that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. So if you're for people who are listening, if you to summarise. Uh, people who are listening to this and really have taken something from this in in a way that you'd like to. Maybe it's giving you, as I say, simply, well, the well, the pun of the word you've actually had an insight. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've actually something's twigged while you're listening to this. What would you How could you summarize to people who are listening of what you of what you generally do and any advice or guidance you could give people.
1: Okay, so I, I, I often say at the beginning of a lot of my training programs that I cannot teach you anything; I can only make you think. Okay. And uh, if if um, this has given you food for thought, then I'm I'm delighted. And if it urges you to pursue um, this career or pursue something that you're interested, in, or even if it encourages you to get some more support with some of the challenges that you have in your life, oh. then I'm. I think that's that's great, and I just wanted to say thank you, Fraser, for inviting me and giving me this
0: time. So, if you, as I say to the people, if you're local to Edinburgh, uh, or Scotland, or... I Big coach Inn. internationally. Oh, in fact, there we go, she does there we go, she's jumping a plane, so... Uh,
1: well, I do uh, I do a lot of phone coaching, I, well, I'm French, wow. and I speak French, and... Good
0: point. I talked just to, you, and Ashley, I'm sure people have asked you about this, what were your... Thoughts on the Paris scenario, what happened just a couple of weeks ago. For somebody who's partly, obviously, part yeah, French and half French. Has been, half French and has been, obviously, lived, maybe lived you lived. Did you live in France for a while, or did you ever? And live?
1: I did for a year when I was okay. studying. Yeah, I was, I was teaching over there for a year. Uh, I, I just you know any kind of act of violence that brutal I find mm. um, it's just deeply troubling for anyone. Mm. And my heart just went out to the, the families of the victims who were killed. Um, but I, the other thing that I would say, though, it's very easy to the get to... Mm. It's very easy to condemn the, the perpetrators, mm. um, and I think that what is required is a more um, intelligent and thoughtful way of addressing the issue and not just do a knee-jerk retaliation, because I don't think... I mean, violence begets violence in my mind.
0: Okay, do you think maybe the cartoonists? Do you think they maybe? Do you think they? And obviously, do you think maybe the the freedom of speech they did what they did, but do you think maybe they went a little bit too far, or it's maybe obviously there's a lot there's a lot of cartoons out there and they're, they're, they, they draw cartoons and it offends all sorts of people, but maybe did they sort some, maybe sometimes just push a little bit too far. Obviously I
1: think um I I mean again I'm I'm I, I as as difficult as it is to hear some people's views, um and as contradictory as other people's views may be to our own values and our own I still think it's essentially important, uh and democratic value to have whatever views or opinions you have and to have the freedom to be able to express them. That said, <clears throat> I do think we would all benefit from respecting
0: our differences as well as our similarities okay so certainly i mean i think it's been a a i mean well the whole thing's all happened it's been a major scenario in the world recently but i suppose the thing is um there's they they talk about um just one thing happened even with the association with ebola at the moment but they also bring it they they, they fail to recognize even though ebola is a relatively new sort of um, illness, it's happened, you've got like malaria and all these other things that have been around for donkeys and they, what are they actually doing to curb them at, at the same time, if you know what I mean, there seem to be pro- focusing on New one. in the block. Yeah, exactly, so oh there's something, we'll just do this to make it more good, but there's all these other ones that you need mm-hmm. to solve. have been around for longer, they should be doing that first rather than or, you know what I mean?
1: Well it's a little bit like we were talking about before in terms of mm. you know, it's the human condition is you know, something mm. comes up and you automatically throw all your you know, yeah.
0: resources at one thing and, and then mm-hmm. there's a whole load of other stuff that's kind yeah, exactly. going on that you're not exactly. really paying attention to. But anyway, I just want to wrap this interview up. Uh, we've had a, you know, if you've had some... you have had a nice... Inside. Insight. Insight, <laughs> insight. Yeah, okay. So, you've got to think of the words. Uh, if you've had a, an insight to this interview and you find it helpful, please uh, contact uh, Antoinette. Uh, with uh, through your website, uh, with www org just dot org just dot org again, and we'll put that on the Hunter and Ramsey uh Facebook page. And please, yeah, hopefully this has been helpful to many. Uh, if you want to book a call, um, you are happy to listen and help. And as I say, it's very informal. Go for a coffee and chat, and take it from there. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh listening to our, all over the world, as I say, pick up the phone, she'll do a phone interview with you. You could be in the most remote place and you get the phone rings and you go, wow, I heard you on the and Ramsey Unleash podcast. <laughs> you never know. How
1: amazing.
0: Exactly. That. You'd yeah. be surprised. You never know. You might actually get a oh, wow. <laughs> so, thanks again for the uh, meeting and thank you for uh, talking about what you do and hopefully people have been a bit, found it very helpful. Anyway, thank you again. And, thank you. Okay. Thanks again. And, We'll speak in, listeners, and bye for now. Bye. It's time to have a word from our sponsors. Our sponsors are Edmonddusters.com. The company likes to clean. Are you looking to have your office cleaned? Are you? Are you is your current office cleaners not what they, are, um, what they should be? We are offering for new clients, new customers, for offices, we are offering 10 months of the year paid uh, cleaning and two months free. So if you're looking for office cleaning, give com a look and give them a call uh, on their website com for an offer for two, 10 months office cleaning, a year and two months free. If you're interested, give us a call. We'll happily chat and help you out. We also have Car Deal Advisor. You're looking to buy a new car. As I say, if you're if your car is getting a bit clapped out, or you're just getting faulty, a few faults, and it's costing more to repair than the car is worth, give, give, us, a, give us a shout at ramsey at gmail.com, and you'll find Cardial Advisor, and we will help you out. We'll put you in touch. We'll give you a call. So, Cardial Advisor, edmundusters.com, looking for a house cleaned or offices cleaned, come to edmundusters.com. If you're looking for a new car, come to Cardial Advisor. Here's one from our sponsors. Thank you very much for listening. Hey uh, People, thank you for listening to the interview with Anton, Antoinette Ross. I hope that you, you found it very helpful, that interview. Um, I want to say a thank you to all our listeners around the world, uh, Australia, Brazil, Germany, Belgium, France, Austria, uh, Czech Republic, parts of Africa, Tanzania, Uganda. So... Uh, parts of a big thank you to all the Americans out there, our American audience. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Please share what we do, please enjoy what we do, and I hope give us some tips. What do you want to talk about? We might, we're going to plan, which might be interesting, which I hope that you will like. We're going to do a Boston Tea Party podcast, talk about that. So, watch this space, it could be coming up, so that will hopefully get you. You tuned in to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. So thank you to all the people around the world who are listening to us. Please share and please continue supporting us. Thank you. Right, that's it. Time for me to get away. PC police are coming. Bye-bye now. Get the Gennaby car ready, Batman. man <laughs>